We are finishing up a series today called A Culture of Honor. Will you turn to the person next to you and say, A Culture of Honor. Tell them that. You gotta, you say, it, say it like you're from, Brit, from Britain or something. The Culture of Honor. Yeah, say it like that. There you go. Uh, before we jump into that, though, I, was just, I wanted to tell you about this very pious, spirit-filled couple. Weren't, they didn't have any kids, so they decided, you know what, since we're so spirit-filled and we're so good, at, at, more like Jesus than everybody else, we at least need a spirit-filled pet. So they went down to the local pettery where they could purchase them another spirit-filled animal. And so when they get there, they find this dog that was just what they were looking for. Man, this little guy, when they, 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 uh, they looked at him and they told him, fetch the Bible. And he ran over there and he got a King James Version. And they told him, turn Psalms 23. And he opened up with his paws and he turned to Psalm 23. And I mean, he got right to Psalms 23. They were like, this is the dog we want. They bought it home. They hadn't been home two hours and they invited their friends over to come see their new new spirit-filled dog. They got the dog in the living room. They showed him getting the Bible trick and fetching the Bible and turning in. All of a sudden, they, they got the couple that were there visiting said, well, does he do any normal dog tricks? And the guy said, well, I don't know. I, I guess. He said, he looks at him and he goes, heal. And the dog looked at him, winked his eye, stood up on his hind legs, picked the paw up, put it on the man's head and began meowing. Come on, somebody. <laughs> With that being said, as we go into this culture of honor teaching, we've been for three weeks talking about honor, and that honor is to esteem, to, to consider valuable. Therefore, dishonor is to treat as common. And, um, and we talked about the problem or the, the, what happens when you dishonor. And we, for the first week, we went through all the difficulties that come to our life because we don't honor, because we dishonor. And then we went into the four entities that we see in Scripture that God is very clear on. That we are to honor. And in a culture that we live in now that has shifted from a culture of honor to a culture of dishonor where everybody's, I'm going to get mine. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And look, if you're in my way, I'm going to step on you to get where I need to go. And instead of that, we want to shift back as a church, as a family, and as a culture in our United States. We want to shift it back to a culture of honor. And the Lord showed us four entities in Scripture. Number one, we're to honor the Lord. He is God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Not our lap dog, not our get out of jail free guy, not our little buddy. He is God. Somebody say amen. And then we learned as well that we need to honor our mother and our father according to scripture. And uh, I, I saw many of you doing that this weekend through Thanksgiving and, and things like that. And, and, uh, and then we went into the other two entities, honor authority, the Bible says. He lays it out. It's God's teaching, not mine, in his scripture. To honor authority. And I know for you, maybe like for me, I really struggled with honoring those in authority, especially those who were not, did not warrant the honor because of the way they dishonored everybody else. And then the third and fourth and final one was to honor one another, according to Scripture. And we talked about how uh, President Abraham Lincoln literally is the one who instituted that every year we're going to have a day of Thanksgiving in November. And it was in the midst of our civil war, or uh, in the midst of the great conflict, right after the great battle, help me remember, the battle of, what did I, Gettysburg, right, where we lost 50,000 men died at that battle. And it was three months after that that President Lincoln said, you know what, all men are created equal. This is what we've been fighting for. The war is pretty much over, and we're going to say thank you, God, for putting our nation back together. And that the humanity, the love of one another, the valuing of other people, no matter the color of their skin, come on, somebody, no matter the, their, their, their educational background, no matter their financial background or status, every man is considered equal in God's eyes. Come on, somebody. And as a result, we're going to thank the Lord for that, and he put that in play. 
and uh, that great president. And it's still in play today and will continue to be in play in our city and our church and amongst us. Somebody say amen. And so this is what a culture of honor was looking like and who we're supposed to honor. What I'd like to close out the series with is the benefits or what happens when you and I show honor. So our key verse has been throughout this whole time, 1 Peter chapter 2, the end of verse 16 and verse 17. It says it like this, living as servants of God, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. So let me give you the power of honor. Let me show you a couple things. If you and I, and I believe over the last three weeks, you and I have accepted this message. I'm to be a man who honors. I'm to honor, I'm to honor the Lord. I'm to honor my mom and dad. I'm to honor everyone according to scripture. I'm to honor authority. And I'm to treat each individual as something valuable and not discount them or discredit them. Maybe because they're not as, uh, as wealthy as you are or because of their skin color or because of their cultural background or because of their education that we're going to honor each and every one. And so I want to show you the power, according to Scripture, if you and I will honor. Let me show you what will happen in your life. Number one, first thing that we see in Scripture is that we will live long and prosper. Come on, all you Trekkies out there. We will live long and prosper. If you honor, look at what Deuteronomy 5 and 16, it says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that it may Uh, So that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So when you and I show honor, and, and I love when we, um, when we had Kinsey's grandmother here, and she told her story about, uh, here, here we had four generations of women of God and uh, pastor's wives, and when the, mom, the grandmother said, uh, Miss Betty said, I, I didn't grow up a Christian, and when I got saved, I dishonored my mom and dad. I didn't think they had anything valuable to tell me because I was a Christian now, and they weren't Christians. And she said, two years into her marriage, two years into the ministry with her husband, the Lord rebuked her and said, you've dishonored your mom. And she said, well, she's not a Christian. He said, I never said they had to be Christians. I said, honor your father and mother. Show them and treat them with esteem and value so that it will go well with you in the land and so that you'll live long. I, I, I wonder if some of the people who are dying early have dishonored, disrespected their own parents. I wonder if some of the problems that you and I have experienced and nothing is working in business, nothing's working in our career. I wonder if it's because we've been dishonorable to our parents. I just wonder because this is a principle. In scripture, God lays out principles of life. For example, one of the principles in humanity is if I get on top of this building and jump off, I'm going to hit the ground. It's called gravity. This is what it is. According to the Lord, if you honor, you will live long and prosper. How many of you want that? Say yes. I was talking to, to Daniel uh, or, uh, in the first service and uh, before I preached, and he said, I said, how was your holiday? He said, great. And uh, he, he, he's, he's in his 50s, and he said, you know what? I go every month. I go down and visit my mom and dad in South Texas. They're in their 80s, and, uh, and I have other brothers and sisters, but I just love them, and I want them to know that, that, they, they, that I'm always there for them. And he said, I'll go stay the night and, uh, and, and take care of them. I'll leave my wife and kids, and I'll, go, and I'll go be with them for the weekend or something. I'll come back, because he was saying I was just coming back from being with them. And he said, you know what I do? I was like, what? He goes, well, you know, they're, they're, their little Social Security check doesn't really cover all their needs, so I always bring them a little bit of money. He said, at first I'd give it to dad and tell him, make sure you give mom something. But he, I found he wouldn't give mom anything. So now I've got to give dad $10 and give mom $20 because I know she'll share. He said, it's the funniest thing. But I just thought, that man right there is going to live a long time. Come on, somebody. That kind of honor, that kind of treating them as precious, that it means every month. 
He would get in his car and drive a couple hours to go be with his parents, stay the night with them, and come back. Come on now. And that's a man in his 50s. That, I believe with all of my heart that if we obey the Scriptures, then we'll live in the prosperity that the Scriptures say that we can have. Here's the second thing that if you and I will honor is that we'll see the supernatural in our life. If you and I will live in a culture of honor, if we'll be people who honor, we'll see the supernatural in our life. And I take this from Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read the whole piece to you. It says, when Jesus had finished saying all this, in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And there's a centurion servant whose master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servants. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So let me, let me kind of put this in perspective for you. This would be like the centurion guy uh, was not a Jew, but yet he had done good to the Jews and helped them build their temples. That would be like uh, some, 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 some Catholic guy who really respected church on the hill, paying off our $2.4 million and, saying, and, and, and helping us build this building, paying it all off for us. And, and, and then Jesus is coming to town, and, and, and this Catholic friend of mine, he has this, he's got this person who works for him who's sick and is dying in the hospital, and he says, oh, Jesus is coming to your church. Do you mind asking him to come and pray and heal, and heal my friend, heal my, heal my coworker who works for me? And, 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 and me going to Jesus say, Jesus, this is the guy who paid for the building. You know, he's not Protestant. I mean, he's a good guy, and, 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 but he wants, you need to do this for him because he's really been good to us. That's basically what's transpiring here. Continuing on in verse 6, and it says, so Jesus went with them. He, he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So this is what transpires. Jesus is on his way. He's like, okay, guys, I'll do that for you. And as he's coming, here come some more servants. And they say, sir, our master sent us to tell you, don't even come. Don't even come. In fact, this is his message. He says that he honors you so much. He recognizes that you're the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You don't even have to show up. If you'll just speak it, he knows the servant will be healed. He said, listen, he understands that you are the Messiah come to earth to save humanity. He gets it. He grasps it. In fact, he said it like this. He said, tell him, I'm a man of authority. But I'm also a man under authority. And I say to this one, go, and they go, and this one, come, and they come. But I also am told, go, and come, and I obey. And listen, I recognize that you are the ultimate in authority. I recognize you are the king of glory. So, sir, all you have to do is just say it, and it'll happen. That's all I need you to do. Just say it, please, if you don't mind. And Jesus pauses, and one of the other gospels says he's amazed. He's like, oh, my, oh, me. Oh, in me. Oh, oh, my, oh, oh. I can, y'all got to be crazy. Look, you see this guy? He ain't even one of us. And that dude's got more faith, we just read it, than anyone in Israel. Why? Because this centurion esteemed Jesus. 
He valued him. He said, this guy right here, this is the guy. This is God in the flesh. I see it. I know it. I don't know what you other dummies are looking at, but this guy is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So Lord, you don't even have to come. Just say it. Oh, to raise up a group of men and women who get to the place that they so honor the king of kings and the Lord of lords that they don't have to whine and cry and say, it's just so hard to be a Christian. I'm just struggling. So that we get to the place and say, God, just say it. Just, in fact, just show it to me here because I know if I can grasp it, it'll happen. And the Bible says immediately, immediate, this, little, this servant is healed. When they got back, that servant is sitting up well, totally transformed. Why? Not because Jesus is so powerful, because that man had such faith, confidence, and Jesus and who he was, and he showed him honor. And in that moment of honor, boom, supernatural. Do you know why some of you aren't experiencing supernatural? Because you don't see God for who he really is. You have no real honor that if Jesus says it, I believe it, that settles it. So when he says you're the head and not the tail, you're still seeing yourself as the poor little kid living in the one, one room apartment with your mom out, out, on, out in the hood. You don't see yourself as the king of glory's son or daughter. You haven't settled it yet. You haven't put him in the place of honor. You keep putting your problem above him. I love what the one pastor said. You need to stop telling God how big your problem is. Start telling your problem how big your God is. And when we honor him and put him to that spot, and he's the king of glory, and whatever you say, Lord, whatever you say, whatever you say, just say it. You don't even have to show up. I don't even need to feel goose pimples. Just say it. Just say it. I, I try, you are God. And when we come to that place that he's that precious to us, and he's not our little get-out-of-jail-free card. And he's not our little run-to whenever we got ourselves in a mess and we, we need somebody to save us real quick because we done, we done done it again. And we come to the place that, no, 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 no. Whatever you want, I will do. Whatever you are, I want to know it. I'm not allowing you to get away from me. I will seek you. I will track you. I will hunt you down. I'm going to be a little creeper on your Facebook page, Jesus. I want to know everything about you until I start becoming like you. It's that honor that brings the supernatural. I believe all of you should be healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. I don't believe it's for the people who preach or the ones who are on the stage. The, God, the word says, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in each and every one of us. So I don't, I don't want to see, I love seeing miracles in, the, in our congregational meetings, but I'm believing that you're going to see them at work. I'm believing it's going to happen in Walmart. I'm believing you're going to be riding down the road, t- trying to get somewhere and see this person on the side of the road who just had an accident. You're going to jump out, pull over, and their arm's going to be like, and you're going to be like, oh, and it's going to grow back. It's going to be awesome. I'm believing those kind of supernatural things through us. That is when the kingdom of darkness is going to get scared. But it starts with honor. I honor you, Lord. I trust you. I believe that what you said is true. And when he does this, Jesus says, I've not seen anything like this. That this man would respect me that much. That he would treat that just my words are more precious. They're my words. If I just, I, I'm not even there. Sir, your words are so precious that if you just say it, it'll happen. I understand authority. I, what he's saying is, I understand respect which is what to honor is. And we've got too many people still disrespecting the Lord. And so you'll see me in worship. I'm doing everything I can to show. I respect you. This is not my singy, singy time. This is you get all, my, all the glory, all the praise, and all, I don't care how I feel. Most times when I'm worshiping, I don't feel like it. Come on, somebody. But I respect him enough to give him every ounce of my energy 
and my attention, my physical ability. Here's the third area. You still with me? Say yes. Here's the third thing that honor does. It cultivates unity. It cultivates unity. Wait, wait till I teach you this. And unity described as, I, I put a definition, you know what I'm talking about. People working together for an overall good. People working together for an overall good. So Jesus has these 12 disciples, right? He's been mentoring them for two years at this point. And we're about to pick up. And guess what? These 12 awesome disciples, here, they're with Jesus every day. The power of God, they're watching it. Guess what they got? They're so full of disunity. You know why they're full of disunity? Because they don't respect one another. They don't honor one another. And let's pick up this passage right here in the uh, book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 33. You'll see it on the screen. It says, they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, fellas, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. So let me put it in perspective for you. You've been following Jesus, your small group, you and your small group been following Jesus. For two years. And then he looks at all of you and says, hey, listen, I'm going to be done with this. Just a few weeks, months left. And I'm, they're going to kill me. And I'm going to leave it all to you. So you know what they're doing. Well, who's going to be in charge? And so they start jockeying for position. Come on, you work in a work environment where people jockey for position. They start planning how they can get up in the end. Who's going to be in charge? and Who's going to be the most important out of all of it? And they start arguing on the road about, no, nah, I'm the most important. No, nah, he likes me a lot more. He's going to give it to me. And they get in. And look, and the Bible says that they are fighting over it. I tell, I tell you, I'm rolling their neck. No, I am the next one in charge. I mean, they're running it back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Jesus confronts them on it, and they won't even answer them. And so he says, come sit your little booties down right here. Let me teach you a little something. Let me teach you something. You want to be great? Honor everybody else. Because a servant of all is the one who esteems everyone else above them. That's why you don't understand my kingdom. See, the world's kingdom that we live in, the first one to the top wins. It's that pyramid. But Jesus' kingdom is inverted. The first one to the bottom wins. That's who's the greatest in his kingdom, according to Scripture. So the little guy who's over there is scrubbing your toilets at your office, he's the greatest in the kingdom. That one who lays their life down for another and is a servant of all, that's the greatest in the kingdom, according to his scriptures. And so the problem that arose was that they didn't have unity because they were constantly dishonoring each other. The reason why we don't have unity in the United States is because we got people shooting people just because they don't like what they're doing or they're scared of them. And we got this one dishonoring this one because of their position because they don't trust them. And what we've got is nothing but dishonor. Not in this city, not in this church, not in my house. We're going to be people who honor one another, and we're going to esteem one another that's valuable. We're not going to be taking lives just because we don't like them or because we're scared of something like that. We're not going to be misjudging authority and all that kind of We're going to be people who honor one another, and as a result, we're going to have unity. And when you have unity, there's nothing that can stop you according to Scripture. When you and I walk in unity, we can push back the gates of hell. It's the disunity fact, which is the result of dishonoring one another. Because you're sitting in a thing, and you're like, man, I don't like what he said. That's a stupid idea. And say, oh, man, that might work. Let's do it. Ah, you're a great thinker. I don't know. I was just thinking maybe we should do it. Let's try it. When he fails five or six times, then he'll finally look at you and say, do you have any suggestions? Well, I do. Now that you mention it. 
but I just wanted to give you honor and respect since you're the one in charge, but I'm glad you asked. And you know, you know, what if we tried this? Oh, I never thought of that. Why didn't you ever tell me? Because you've been a knothead this whole time, but you're the boss, and I love you, and I show you honor. You imagine the unity that it brings. Talking about unity, Pastor Jonathan uh, and I, uh, we, went, we went to go hunting the other day, uh, Friday, Black Friday. I have, a, I have a great uncle who has like thousands of acres out in South Texas. He's my grandmother's baby brother, and uh, Uncle John, we call him. And Jonathan loves to hunt, and I, I, it's okay for me. And when he found out we had all this land and nobody hunts, he's like, Pastor, have you got to take me there? I'm like, I don't really talk to this guy. He's old. He's grumpy. He doesn't love the Lord. He's, you know, he's, he's just that guy, you know. And, and so he, he talked me into it. So he didn't even, I didn't even know how to get a hold to him. So I just drove down to the property. We'd go there sometimes during the summer. So I, I put Jonathan in the truck, and, and, uh, and we drove down. And we got there Friday morning kind of early. And I said, listen, you need to... You need to stay in the truck because I don't know if we get out, you know, you Hispanic background. He might shoot. I don't know. All right. Just let me go in and let me, let me talk to him for a little bit. And so, uh, and so I go inside and, and there's my uncle John, you know, he's smoking, you know, he's already smoked six packs. You know, he's, he's about 80 something years old. And, and so I get to talking to him, you know, uncle John, we're, we're just here. I'd like to do a hunt on the back, on the back property, if you don't mind. And, and I brought a friend and, and he said, Oh yeah, Adam, that'd be great. Don't worry about it. That'd be awesome. And, and I was really surprised. I guess God's been doing work in his heart. Jonathan, meanwhile, sitting in the truck, probably texting or whatever he's doing. And so, uh, and so, and then my uncle, uh, you know, when we pulled up, he had a couple cows, and he had this, this old mule that he's had for like 100 years, and she was looking really bad, real sway back. And he goes, hey, uh, Adam, do you mind? Uh, the veterinarian was out this week and said, we need to put her down. She's got tumors, and she's really sick. I just don't have the heart to do it. I got the backhoe. I'll cover her. I'll put her in the ground, but I just don't have the heart to shoot her. She's been with me so long. And I said, well, I said, uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess. And so as I was turning, I said, well, we're going to go out to the back. And he said, yeah, y'all go right ahead. As I was walking out, I got this idea. I'm going to mess with Jonathan. And so I walked out, and I slammed the door. And I come chomping on like that. And I throw open the door of the truck. And he's like, what's wrong? I said, he said, he ain't letting no Mexican background dude hunt on his property. I said, and I can't believe it. He cussed me and told me to just get off his property. He said, what? I said, yeah, watch this. I'm going to show him. And I grabbed the gun. <laughs> and I went over that mule. Bam! And I shot And all of a sudden, I hear, bam, bam! I got two of his cows, Pastor. Let's go. And he jumped in the truck. I'm just kidding. That's a great story. Though. I got y'all right there. Y'all were like, dang. But I know that if I was in a bind, Pastor Jonathan would actually get my back. We have unity. And the reason why is because he treats me with respect and I treat him with respect. And so I guarantee you that if I was in a situation I had to shoot a mule, he would shoot two cows. <laughs> and so, but I believe with all of my heart the problem that we're having in our country, at work, in our churches, the disunity that we're seeing is because we won't honor one another. Just treat people as special. You're valuable. Thank God for your life. Even if you're not here, thank God that you're here. It's precious to the Lord. You still with me? Say yes. All right, let's move to the next one. You guys got real quiet. Like, what else is he going to lie about? All right, number four. <laughs> number four is that when you and I honor, it brings favor on our life. It brings the favor of God on our life. Because we're obedient to Scripture. Quote this Proverbs eighteen sixteen to kind of make a point here. It says, a gift opens the way for the giver, and ushers him into the presence of the great. He said, well, I don't kiss up. I'll just kiss. I'm going to tell you that right now. You know, I've learned that if I will, if I'll show honor to people, that the Lord's favor will rest on me. It may not come from them, but it may come from another direction. 
Years ago, uh, um, Jamie and I were in Louisiana. We had this large ministry, uh, ministering to young adults and youth. And, and so we, uh, we had a radio program twice a week. It was a three-hour talk show kind of thing. It was for the big Christian radio station, you know, kind of like your KLTY. And, and so I would have guests on it and stuff like that. And so uh, there was a guy, one of the guys local, he's a friend of mine. He had a smaller youth group, and, 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 and he really loved me and, and really respected me. Well, I thought I wanted to do something nice for him. I'll have him on the show. And so, you know, and, and so I had him on the show. His name was Greg. And you understand, you know, I'd done radio all those years. And so, I, you know, uh, <clears throat> we're sitting there uh, in between takes. And, and, um, uh, and I said, Greg, aren't you, aren't you like, like almost 30 now, dude? Are you married yet? What's the problem? And he goes, ah, you know, I've been dating this girl for a couple of years. I need to marry her. I said, well, well are you going to propose anytime soon? And he was like, well, I was thinking about, you know, a couple of months. It'll be Christmas. I had an idea. I was like, what's your idea? And he told me. I was like, that's cheesy. I said, listen. What if we did it right now over the radio? He goes, can you do that? I'm like, dude, I'm in charge. I do what I want to do. You want to do it? He's like, well, yeah, maybe. And so, you know, we go back on the air and I'm, hi, this is Pastor Adam McCain. Welcome back to the big show. Here we are at 92.7 FM, and we're so glad you're listening in with us. I got Pastor Greg with us, local youth pastor. And Greg, you've been doing, uh, doing great things for the Lord for a number of years now, and, and uh, we're so excited about you. Now, you've been doing this alone. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm still singing. But Greg, you've been dating somebody, isn't that right? Yes, that's right. Well, Greg, do you have a special thing that you'd like to do today? Well, I guess. Well, Greg, we've got your fiance, or excuse me, we've got your girlfriend on the line right now. And uh, is there anything you like to say and he goes you know baby all these years and, and you're just the one and she's like oh my god you know my god we're playing you know we're playing uh, love christian love music in the background you know it's awesome and and people and, uh, and and she proposed and she's like i can't believe you're doing this you're the greatest man ever i'm like <laughs> hook your brother up and so she and so they you know she says yes and i mean for the next hour people are calling and, can i can i propose to my girlfriend like shut up dude next caller coming in and so we just did that over and over and so that that happened and he was really grateful for it and it just I showed him honor in that moment Ten years later, Jamie and I decided we we're going to start our own traveling ministry. And, uh, and so I was going to launch out and start a traveling ministry And nobody was interested in having me come preach but Pastor Greg and his dad's church They had me come preach It was the only, the only speaking engagement I had lined up for the whole year One speaking engagement And he, they brought me in They showed me such honor And they gave me double, tie, uh, double offering And it literally paid our bills for three months And helped us get going All because I had showed him honor Before the favor of God was on my life Because I had showed him honor And I had favor with that group of people Are you with me? Say yes So you never know That little person that you've been loving on They have nothing to give you back But the favor of God will be on you Because you showed honor To that person who was weak Or that person didn't have any advantage for you And as a result God will find a way To cause that to come back around for you and be there for you when you need it because you showed honor. God will cause others to show you honor. Isn't that good? Say amen. All right. And then last piece, number five, is that when you and I show honor, we will receive a reward. We'll receive reward in heaven. And I'll give it to you like this out of Matthew 10, 41. It says, anyone who receives a prophet because he's a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he's righteous will receive a righteous man's reward. That word to receive means the same thing. It means to esteem as valuable, to treat them as valuable, to honor them, if you will. So anyone who does, so let me explain to you this spiritual principle that maybe you've never been taught. If I go and preach, um, if I go and preach this conference and a thousand people get saved, in, in heaven, there is a reward for me laid up. That's why the Bible talks about do not store up for yourself riches in this life where rust and moth, but store up for yourself riches in heaven where uh, rust and moth do not destroy. We have rewards waiting for us. I don't work for God to be a Christian. 
Because I'm in love with Jesus and he saved my soul, I love to do great things for him, just like a parent does for a child who loves our spouse. And so as a result, there are rewards, according to Scripture, and you can go through 2 Corinthians, we teach it later, but there are rewards being stored up every time we walk in obedience and every time we do good things, if you will. And now, we're not saved by that. Everybody say amen. We're not saved by works. You got that? We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. And so, but as we do good works, the Lord literally stores up and gives us reward in heaven. And so as a result of this passage, what it's saying is when you serve or you honor or you respect and you give yourself to a prophet or to a righteous man, as a result, whatever rewards accredited to him in heaven will be accredited to you. For example, if I'm preaching this conference, I'll always have these people, you know, they're standing there, they're holding the doors. Oh, pastor, it's so good to see you. Pastor, thank you so much for coming to our church. You're such a man of God. I'm like, whatever, I'm just you. And my gift is to speak. Your gift is it's to serve here. And, and as a result, all the thousands of people get saved. The same reward that's laid up for me in heaven is laid up for that person who's holding that door. That's what this is saying. So what you, the problem is, is that we've been taught only the person who's preaching, only the person who's leading worship, only the person who's praying for everyone, they're the ones that are being used by God. Not at all. That's not at all the teaching in scripture. In fact, we're all a part of the body. Some of your livers, some of your big toes. I just happen to be a big mouth. And so all connected when we do things, when you, when you serve in the kids' ministry, if, if 50 people get saved over the month, you get the same reward because you were serving in kids' ministry as I get for being the one who presented the word. Are you with me? This is what it's teaching. And so to dishonor your gifting, to dishonor your calling, to dishonor another who's in their gifting or calling, is to literally destroy your reward. But to honor and say, thank you. Thank you for holding that door. Thank you so much for loving on those kids. Thank you for this cup of coffee. Because <laughs> I was about to murder somebody. Now I can worship Jesus. And so because of that honor, you receive the same reward that everyone else is receiving because of the production that Jesus brought forth through us to win souls. Are you with me? Say yes. So these are the pieces that when you and I walk in honor that according to Scripture we'll receive. Let's review them again and we'll close out. Number one, when you and I walk in honor... We'll live long and prosper. Somebody say amen. I don't want to live short and die poor. Come on, somebody. I'm already short, so I at least want to live long and prosper. Number two, we'll see the supernatural in, their life, in our lives. How many of you want that? I want the supernatural in my life. I want to see. Listen, I can't live without miracles. This world is too messed up. I've got to have the supernatural power of God at work. I, I can't fix things. I, I can't make marriages stick together. Come on, somebody. I can't make people who are deeply offended forgive. I can't, but God can. And it's, super, it's miraculous when he does it. I, I, number three, and that is that you and I, literally, if we will walk in honor, we'll cultivate unity everywhere we go. They'll be like, how in the world? That whole office was so against each other. We couldn't make any, How in the world did you take over that one office with all those 15 people who are mad, horrible, and we were going to fire them all, and you came in? How in the world? Because I went in and I started honoring them and honoring them and honoring them. And now it's got the best production out of all of them in the whole United States. That's what it'll do. It'll cultivate unity. Number, number four, the favor of God will rest on you. The favor of God will be upon you if you'll honor others. You say, I ain't letting nobody take advantage of me. No, 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 listen to me. If you'll honor them, favor will be on you. And they won't be able to understand how are you getting promoted and they're getting demoted. How is that happening? Because I honor. I honor you. I treat you as special and precious. I don't mean I don't correct you when you do something inappropriate. It just simply means I honor, I honor you. I bless, thank you for being who you are. I, I, I appreciate you being my boss. I, 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 I respect the position and I want to make you successful. I honor you. And in that honoring favor, 
and everyone who dishonors, literally, you'll, you'll look around and go, how did I get here? Because I honored other people. He's just a kiss up. Say what you want to say. I'm just doing what scripture says, and that is to honor. My motive is not to climb the ladder. My motive is to be like Jesus. That's my motivation. As a result, I'm sorry, favor rests on my life. I love when Bishop Jakes preached that message. Favor ain't fair. This ain't fair. But if you and I walk in honor, we'll have it when others don't. All right, and the last piece is that there'll be reward for you and me. Somebody say amen and amen and amen. Lord, I'm expecting that reward. I want you to stand with me all across the room. We'll start closing out in just a time of ministry. I love and appreciate you so much. And I do want to have a church that walks, lives, and has developed a culture of honor. I want there to be a culture of honor in your family. I want... I want visiting families for their kids to go back there and say, every kid treated me special. That's a big deal. Think about that for a moment. Because whether we like it or not, our kids emulate what they see us being and doing. So when you've got a child who's nice to everyone, that means that you've grasped the culture of honor. And your kids have grasped it because they've seen it modeled in front of them. That's not to say that every kid doesn't have their own ability to make their own decisions. Everyone does. The point of the matter is, I want you to have such a culture of honor in your home that people come to you and say, your child is amazing. At school, the teachers pull you aside and say, she's so respectful. She so treats me with value. She doesn't talk back to me. She doesn't treat me like I'm an idiot as her teacher. I bet there's some teachers in here who'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see that you and I move in the supernatural because we honor the Lord. And if he says right now, lay hands on them right now, we don't go, oh, wait a minute, Lord. Um, that's embarrassing. I don't think I should do that. I can't be you. I bind the devil right now. For, that you and I literally respond because we honor precious the Lord's word to us. I want you to close your eyes with me for just a moment. We listed out what I found in scripture, at least five benefits, if you will, products you could say of honor live long be well with us in the land the favor of God will rest upon us rewards stored up for us in heaven unity I tell you now as you stand here with your head bowed and your eye closed I want you to ask the Lord Lord where where do I lack I don't have unity in my office show me how to bring honor so that I can get unity. Lord, I haven't tasted of the supernatural. Where have I dishonored you or your word? Because I want to see that in my life. I want you to just take a moment, interact with the Lord. I want you to act like you're sitting across the table at Starbucks. Have a conversation. Just close your eyes. The reason I get you to close your eyes so you can concentrate. Because if you're as ADDDD as I am, I'm trying to figure out, Lance started playing the keyboard. Wow. And I can't concentrate, so I close my eyes so I can do that. And I ask you to do the same. As you're standing here with your head bowed and your eye closed, and you're just, Lord, where, where, can I, where can I see the benefits of honor in my life? Where am I missing those? Lord, show me. He's good. He's gracious. As you do that, I want to just speak to those in the room. It's maybe you're here today, and <clears throat> you're away from God. It's been a nice experience for you, but it's been, also been awkward. Because there's an elephant in the room between you and Jesus. You don't really know him. You can't call him your friend. You know about him, 
but you're not best friends with him. That's all Christianity really is, is Jesus becomes our BFF. And, and so it's not so much about do's and don'ts or rights and wrongs or going to church and giving money or going to a small group. It's much more about being best friends with the king of glory. He wants a relationship with you. And so if you don't have that relationship, I got great news for you. The Bible actually calls it the good news. He wants that with you, and you're just a prayer away. You say, what are you talking about? If I was at a party, and I was there with Shaquille O'Neal, and he was my best buddy, and you wanted to be friends with him, what I would do is I would grab you, and I'd bring you over to him, and I'd connect the conversation. Shaq, this guy right here, he's, he's interested a little bit about your time when you played for the Lakers and has some questions for you. And you and Shaq would begin interacting and become friends. And that's what I want to do today with you with Jesus. I want to connect you to him. I, I want to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance. I want to just connect you and him. And then you and him, you'll grow. Your relationship will grow. We'll help you even in that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I'm away from the Lord. Or I used to serve the Lord and, and I've gone away and I want to come home. Or I've never known Jesus, Pastor. But I want you to introduce me to him today. But no one looking around, if that's you, I want to give you this moment. I need you to be bold and courageous. Say, that's me, by lifting your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm away from God. Or I don't know Jesus, and I want to come to him today. God bless you, sir. Is anybody else? Thank you, sweet lady. Pray for me, Pastor. It's my time. God bless you, sweet lady. I see you. God bless you, brother. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. I'm away from the Lord. I want to come home, or I, I don't know him. Amen. I see your hand over there. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, sweetheart. You can put it back down. There's already been seven or eight of you. Is there anyone else? Say, pray for me, Pastor. Thank you, sweet love. Give you about three or four more seconds. I'm going to move on. I just want to give you this chance. Thank you, love. Thank you so much for your honesty. I love honest people. Amen. So does the Lord. Put your hands down. I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. There's nothing magical about the words. What's supernatural is that you sensed a moment of honesty and you responded. You said, that's right. I'm not right with God. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to leave like this. So that's what's supernatural. And you lifted your hand, identifying, I want God. I want him in my life. I want to change. I want, I want him to give me help. And now I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to connect you. And we're just going to seal it with a prayer. In fact, I'm going to get everyone in the congregation to say this prayer out loud with the eight or nine folks who lifted their hands. We're not going to call you forward. We're not going to embarrass you. This is you and Jesus. But I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Say it like this. Say, Jesus. Come on, everybody, out loud. Jesus, today... I surrender. I'm tired of running. Today, I ask you, please forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me from all the shame. I don't want to be like this anymore. So today, I surrender my life and I declare, Jesus is my Lord. Say it again. Jesus is my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life because I'm yours forever in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for a moment. Father, I pray for every man and woman who lifted their hand. Lord, I pray right now a revelation of grace. Lord, that they would sense a cleansing. Or God, I, I, I know they think, that, oh, I got to go fix this and I got to fix No, 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 no. I got to stop smoking. No, 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 no. God, let their heart connect to your heart. All that'll change over time. But Lord, right now, let them just have a love connection with the King of glory. Either you're God or you're not. 
Either you're there or you're not. Lord, now let their faith connect with you. Let them know that they've been cleansed, forgiven. They're not the same person. May they walk out of here with a little bit more skipping their step because they realize, wait a minute, it's done. I'm, I'm with him. Lord, I pray that every man and woman in this room who lifted their hand and prayed that prayer would understand that as they leave this place, where they cross the intersection up the road and an 18-wheeler runs the red light and sideswipes their car and they're immediately killed, that they would stand in front of you and you would look deep in their eyes and say, I love you. I've been waiting for this moment. Well done. And oh, but I, 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 I was so bad for all those years. No, 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 no. But you made that decision and you came to me. And in that moment, it all changed. Father, I pray right now they'd understand this is that moment. This is that moment. They don't have to plead. They don't have to beg. They don't have to do 2,500 Hail Marys. They don't have to give money to the church. They don't have, this is that moment. They said, I need Jesus. And you said, yeah, I've been waiting for you. And today your hearts are connected. And may they know that forever. Now, Lord, I pray for my friends. Lord, that want to have and want to be men and women of honor. They want to have a culture of honor in their life, in their family, in this church, at their work. Lord God, I'm so grateful for your clarity in Scripture. Lord, I pray for those of us that have dishonored our moms and dads. Lord, we we repent. Lord, for those of us that have dishonored authority. And as a result, there's such disunity in our office. Because we just, they're an idiot. I know, right? What are they doing? Lord, forgive us. Help us bring unity back by showing honor. Lord, for those of us, oh God, that everything we touch is like it won't work. There's no favor on our, because we've said in our heart, no one will do dirty, no one will do me dirty. I'll not, I'll not bend to nobody. I'll tell them, they ain't gonna do that to me. Lord, that we come back and say, you know what? I'm just gonna treat people with respect. I'm gonna treat them with honor. And Lord, I pray the favor would shoot through the roof for men and women in this room. And then Lord, for those, oh God, Lord God, that they haven't understood that their position, they thought it was not honorable. They didn't like it. Well, I don't do, I don't do like the pastor. I don't do like the so-and-so person. I, this is what I do. And I'm not really, you know, I'm not good at anything. Lord, that you would rebuke them. Let them understand they are a beautiful liver. They're an amazing pinky. Father, I pray that they would understand they were made for this moment. And that, Lord God, every one of us working together are receiving the same reward. Because we show honor to one another. So, Father, I pray that revelation would seep through this place like never before. And then, Lord, I ask for miracles, the supernatural, as we place you in the position that you deserve to be in. Would you join hands with that person next to you? Just join hands real quick. And I want you to take 30 seconds to pray for the person on either side of you. I want you to show them love and respect by grabbing their hand and and holding it like somebody you value. And treating them with enough honor and respect to pray a prayer over them. You say, I don't know how to pray. Just say, Lord, I love them. Lord, help them. Lord, give them, give them what they need. Show them that kind of respect that they would know that they're loved by somebody. They didn't just go to church and leave and nobody ever really cared. That literally somebody prayed for them, prayed with them. Maybe even it's your spouse or your friend who you sit next to. Or maybe it's a person you don't know. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Literally, there'd be supernatural connection here in this moment. Father, I pray that, Lord God, there'd be supernatural understanding. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that we will show honor to one another. I want to walk in the door no matter what they look like, no matter how many piercings or tattoos, colored hair, size, color, shape, financial background, educational background, 
Lord, that every man and woman that walks into our life that will show respect and honor and thank God for their life. May we be people who treat others as precious, as we treat our God as precious, and as the favor of God rests on our lives. In Jesus' name.